Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, it is 1.34 in Edmonton. I just want to read this text here from Brian in Wainwright. We have David Staples on Provincial Affairs Calmness. He's been all over the COVID story and the pandemic from day one. Of course, uh, we'll circle back to hockey momentarily here, but i got to get this in from Brian from Wainwright. He says, Bob, I'm a 75-year-old farmer who wants my grandkids to be able to go to school and do things normally. It's time. My wife and I both recently had COVID, but thanks to three vaccinations, it wasn't as bad at all. I got over it in time to be able to go cheer on my grandson in a hockey game I hate to miss. That one comes to us from Brian in uh, Wainwright, who took time to reach out. Uh, Lots going on. We're going to be all over the map in our next segment with John Shannon. We've got Colby Cohen coming up at 145 as well. John Shannon joins us uh, twice a week, courtesy of... Legacy heating and cooling. Whether it's heating or cooling, you need to get it with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy. Legacy heating and cooling. John, the Montreal Canadiens fired Dominic Ducharme. Are you surprised? Uh, actually, uh, Bob, I am a little bit. Me um, too. Me too. Uh, I, you know, I mean, we know how bad Canadians are. We know how bad they're playing. Um, but, but perhaps Jeff Gordon and, and uh, Kent Hughes were thinking something different than me. I, I just thought they were they'd play out the string for the rest of the season and, and try to make it happen. Um, you know that when you have a new management team uh, and you're stuck with a coach, it becomes a little bit of a bulletproof vest for a while. Uh, that you can hang on, but, but obviously there's something strongly enough about that uh, that they feel that the change needs to happen. It, it's it's you know I I know Dom Ducharme a bit. I, I spent a lot of time with him when he was in Halifax. Um, he was a good junior coach, uh, and and but his skill set did not translate to the National Hockey League, um, and uh, he was a good assistant coach. Uh, for Canadians, uh, but he, he, you know, the the role of a head coach in the NHL is much different than in junior, and it's certainly much different than being an assistant coach. It just was not a good fit. Uh, and in retrospect, and it's easy for me to say, 
uh, with 2020 hindsight, uh, it, he probably should have never been a head coach in this league. Who goes? Who goes in there, John? Who do you think ends up becoming a leader? That, that's a you know that is a great question. Um, you know, I would I would I would have told you Dave Quinn, uh, but Dave Quinn's getting ready to be the coach for the U.S. in uh, in Beijing. Um, it, because I think there's a lot of respect for, between Gorton and and Quinn and and even Ken Hughes, all with the connections to the city of Boston at some point. Huh. Um, so, but you know, I mean, I when see, you think about, look, I can see how this is going to play out. Amon. I'm I'm going to tell you that right now. I'm going to be really intrigued to see how this plays out in Montreal. Oh, I know, I know. I mean, you know, I think you know the rumors are that Luke Richardson is going to be interim, but that has not been confirmed. Yep. Um, and, and and Luke has had some head coaching experience at the American League, and um, and and obviously took over from Dom during. Uh, uh, some COVID issues sure. for the for Canadians during the run, but uh, that was when Mark Bergevin was the the general manager. So I, I you know what, it, you know Montreal is pretty secretive at times, and Jeff's you know Jeff's been rather uh, isolated himself with Kent. So uh, I don't know, but I, I I would have told you if if they were firing somebody, it would have been David Quinn, but David's in Beijing. All right, uh, switching focus. We had a couple texts, hypercriticals, specifically of Evan Bouchard. Uh, I know there's been some media members that have been per- – and, and Evan has not been perfect. Uh, Evan's turned some pucks over. It's been a little bit of a baptism under fire. You might make an argument he's playing too high. I've mentioned, John, I've wondered why we haven't seen Keith with Bouchard and Nurse with CeCe. That's probably – like, if they're struggling, that's probably what I would consider contemplate doing. But I'm not coaching the defense. I'm not the head coach. We'll get to the coaches in a second. There were, What ended up happening here is, you know, I read a couple texts, and then, uh, and then somebody said, well, you never read texts about the criticism that comes the way of the owner, the president, the general manager, or the coach. And I'm like, well, there's been a fair amount of criticism of the movement of the GM and, and the coach. And doesn't that kind of come with the territory when you're in a hockey first market? Uh, I mean, even sure. if you're coming off a 5-0-1 run, you, you <laughs> lay down a 4 nothing stink bomb like the Oilers laid down last night, you're going to get kicked in the teeth. That comes with the territory, right, John? What have you done for us lately, Bob? What have you done for us lately? That's uh, and and let's face it, the, the, the market's fragile right now. You know the you know the you know even even when you talk about you know undefeated in six games or points in six straight games, people will point to the disappointment in Ottawa and the disappointment twice to Ottawa in two and a half weeks. Yep. People will people will be really concerned um uh, about you know a game like the, the Vegas game last night uh in respect to the 16 games that did not go very well uh over the last uh, month and a half i mean th- this is this is a fan base that deserves the respect of the hockey club uh and and deserves the understanding that they're going to be nervous and they're going to be a little apprehensive even if it looks like the team is turning it around the 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 one step forward two step back scenario with Vegas last night has to be something that bothers a lot of people and my theory on this just like i get it everybody gets some on them the owner the president the general manager uh, last i checked last i checked daryl is not on the power play right uh, for the just, for the record i did not you, on the power play all right just let me i was going to say everybody gets some on them so i i was saying gm 
the head coach, the assistant coaches, the players, the broad, the only the broadcasters get it on them in situations like this, and the only guys that get a free pass are the trainers and the uh, uh, the, the equipment managers and the trainers and the, the therapists because those guys work relentlessly all the time, and, and that, that, those are those are really tough jobs without a lot of appreciation. But with all with all seriousness, I mean, when you sat there and watched the Oilers last night, it was it was concerning defensively. I don't think there's any question about it. Vegas came out and played the way I'd play against Edmonton. I'd hard forecheck them. I'd try to create sure. some turnovers. Uh, now, they, they did switch a little bit of their forecheck at times. They kind of had a 1-1 staggered 3, like a 1-1-3. That's been a departure from what we saw earlier in the year in Vegas. Um, we might see Mike Smith go back-to-back tonight. I don't know. The, yesterday, you know, while you, know, you go Smith-Skinner, do you go Smith-Smith? It's just Dave Tippett said, you know, we got to get Mike Smith up and running. Give me a quick rip on that. Yeah, although I, I, I tell you what, I my gut would be uh, give Skinner a chance tonight because uh, you, you can bet, uh, and I you know I'm obviously not there, not in the room, but you can bet that Mike's you know there's there's a few bumps and bruises uh, with what he went through last night for the first time in a long period of time. So I would not be surprised to see Stuart Skinner, who has. Um, I guess held his own, uh, particularly lately uh, in goal. But uh, and let's face it, I mean it's not supposed to be Stuart Skinner. Miko Koskinen is supposed to be uh, the number two guy for the Oilers, but he's in the protocol. And yep. and last I checked, uh, we have been unable to control the protocol. So that's a big problem. No, no question about it. John, just just circling back because of the intensity of places like Montreal and Edmonton. Because, you know, hockey's number one in those markets. There's no question. Like, Chicago's in town tonight. We're going to talk to Colby Cohn coming up a little bit later. And the Hawks have got a fair amount of negative press over the last calendar year. They're you still think, not, huh? They're still not the Bears and they're still not the Cubs. You know what I'm saying? Like, here, it's all... Is it harder? Not that it's an excuse, but is it harder on organizations being in markets as intense as these Canadian markets? Uh, well, no, I I don't think because I don't think I don't think that gets measured internally. Okay. Uh, I, I I I think that a guy like Kenny Holland who has has uh, been around a long time, there was tons of pressure in Detroit. Uh, you know, it, it I I don't think it it permeates through the walls of an office. You know, you either you either pay attention to you or, or you don't, and it, it doesn't matter whether it's five voices. Or, or 55 voices. Uh, so from from that perspective, it's it's one of those things that uh, I think, uh, in the end, um, it, it's it's the measure of the of the character of the people in in the office that take the heat. Some guys, some managers, some owners, some coaches can take the heat. Yep. Uh, others can't. You know, you, and you talk about Chicago. Uh, you, you know, there was a time uh, in in their three Stanley Cups in seven years. Uh, th- that they were getting close to the Bears and the Cubs, they were they were getting there. John McDonough and his people did a marvelous job over that period of time to make the Blackhawks relevant in you know maybe the greatest sports town period uh, in America. And uh, but it, it you see now how fragile it was. How many how many years? Did they go with winning and then all of a sudden with not being successful and then they had the off-ice issues, yes. the Kyle Beach issue, now we've got the Rocky Wirtz issue, That those are those are problems. And then all of a sudden, for all the hard work they did, 
for seven or eight years to rebuild the franchise, to give it credibility in the marketplace, they have to start again. John, we got to get Colby in. Thanks for your time. We'll talk on Monday. Cheers, Bob. That's our NHL insider, John Shannon, 144, back with Colby Cohen. He is a television analyst of the Chicago Blackhawks, and you're listening to Oilers Now. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stopper on 630 Chat. All right, very quickly. Uh, so we discussed the 4-0 loss to Vegas where they were better in every aspect of the game. And I said after a performance like that, everybody gets some on them. Today on the text line, it has been everybody <laughs> from the top all the way down, you know, not just the GM, the coach, the players, the broadcasters. I said, we're going to have a free pass to the equipment guys. This texter says, no way. I blame the equipment guys too. I heard it was bad sock tape last night. Cletus says, I blame Jason Kenny and uh, Pierre Trudeau for the Oilers' woes because they get blamed for, or did I say Pierre? Justin Trudeau because they get blamed for everything else. Ah, it's, a, it's a lovely spirit today in Edmonton. The Chicago Blackhawks are in town. Uh, he is a recently retired NHL player that is now the color analyst for the Hawks on their television broadcast. We welcome to the show Colby Cohn. Colby, it's Bob Stoffer. How you doing? Stop. How are you today? I appreciate you having me on. Uh, it's rare when I hear that. Usually I'm the pain in the ass calling guys, so thank you for that. Uh, good stuff. <laughs> well, hey, look, it's, it's like 40 degrees here in Edmonton, and I feel like I... I hit a little lucky streak coming here this time of year and seeing this uh, nice mild weather. Yeah, no, it's uh, – now, was the trip that you were in earlier this season, was that the first time you'd actually been to Edmonton? No, I had been here before, but that was a uh, welcome back. Hey, look how nasty this can be because that, that sideways snow that we saw last time we were here was humming around the uh, ice district. Well, it, and it definitely uh, it, it definitely had a little bit of a bite. Now, you were a Colorado second-round draft choice. You got into three NHL games, played a number of years uh, in the American Hockey League at a Boston University. Geez, we were just talking about uh, David Quinn uh, maybe in, in Montreal after the Olympics. That, I was, my, that was my first thought. <laughs> was that your first thought? Yeah. I mean, right away, I figured, hey, look, they're in need of a rebuild. Jeff Gort, you know, obviously the connection between Gortz and Quinney is strong. You know, Kent Hughes, another Boston guy. So I I, I have no idea um, if that's the case or not, but I certainly think it would make a heck of a lot of sense. But I guess we'll see. Well, your uh, our mutual acquaintance, Frank Cervelli, one of the most plugged in men in the business, broke the story that the Canadians were firing Ducharme. Uh, so uh, Frank also gave us the entire Seattle expansion list about six hours before the <laughs> But uh, all right, let's switch focus. We got about five minutes. What are you seeing out of the Chicago Blackhawks right now, Colby? You know, it was, uh, you know, not a not a great finish before the All-Star break after the team had really gained a little bit of momentum, was starting to have a little bit of an identity. Obviously, this season has, you know, started off not, not very well. And, you know, Derek King comes in and sort of, you know, gets the team going back in a direction where they're competing every night and, and you know, they're limiting teams offensive opportunities and playing, you know, like a low scoring game where you're not getting into a horse race up and down the ice. And then 
I think the last couple of games before break, the team hit a little bit of a skid where uh, guys were trying to do a little bit too much. And, you know, the results were obviously not very good. So I think the break happened at a good time. I think uh, a lot of the guys got an opportunity to get in warm weather for a couple of days and sort of recharge their batteries. And, you know, they've been back a couple of days and I can tell you, it would have been easy for them to come back and hang their heads and sort of have this feel sorry for yourself mentality, but that, that wasn't the case. I think uh, the first couple practices backstop have been good. There was a lot of energy on the ice at the pregame skate. I think guys are fired up to play against Connor McDavid. I think that's a challenge that everybody likes. You know, Kirby Doc's back in his hometown. Uh, he's excited to play here tonight. He'll have lots of friends and family in the area. So, um, you know, I think the guys are excited to get back into the games tonight and, and kind of get a better feeling in their mouth after the way the games went before uh, the All-Star break. Any update with John? Uh, Taze obviously is not in the lineup tonight. He's in concussion protocol. That's a pretty significant absence. Yeah, I mean, losing, losing Taze, especially where his game was really sort of starting to trend offensively in the right direction. Um, you know, the update on him, just not really ready. I think there was hope he might be ready for the back half of our, uh, of our trip, which, you know, could potentially happen. I don't think it will, but I heard that he's back exercising um, and he is starting to get back into it. And, you know, I just think with a guy like Taves, with everything that's gone on with him and, and you look at his career and you look at the the minutes and the amount of games this guy has played in the playoffs and you start adding it up. I mean, when, when there's an issue with him, you just have to be extra careful and you've got to give him the, you know, the, the time and space to, to feel a hundred percent healthy. So, you know, I think we'll see him back in the next week or two. I don't expect this to be like a long-term situation for him, but it, it's, it really hurts us, uh, you know, in Chicago. You don't have him to win face-offs. He takes every important defensive zone draw, offensive zone draw. It gives you an opportunity to start with the puck on the power play because you just know he's going to win draw. So, you know, I hope to see him back. It's been cool seeing, you know, the impact that he has on this group, even when the team – uh, even when his game isn't exactly where he wants it to be, he has an aura about him, and the, and the guys really do look to him, you know, to lead the way. All right, we got about two minutes left. Thirty seconds. Give me some thoughts on Mark Andre Fleury. Oh, he's incredible. I mean, he's so fun to watch. I, I feel so honored to be in the broadcast booth. I got to do his 500th win in Montreal. Everything you hear about him is true. I never knew him until I came to Chicago, and now I get to spend so much time with him. He's just got this infectious personality of winning, smiling, lifting morale in the dressing room, competes harder than any guy I've ever seen that plays that position in goal, in practice, in warm-ups. Every time his equipment is on, this guy is trying to be a winner. And I got to tell you, it's been a total honor to be around this guy this year. I, I just can't say enough good things about him. And you mentioned Doc. I'm a big fan of Doc's huge upside. But give me 25 seconds on Brandon Hagel. Is he a bit of a sleeper on this Blackhawks uh, roster? Oh, he's an igniter. I mean, when he's going, the team usually follows suit. He gets in on the forecheck. He's disruptive. He plays the game with sandpaper, yet he's got a ton of skill and can make a play. So you can put him on the first line. You can put him on the power play. You can put him on the fourth line. He's a guy that I got to think, you know, is is every, you know, he's just so valuable.
valuable to this team. Like I said, he, he's the igniter for this group. Great stuff, Colby. We'll see you in about uh, two and a half hours. Thanks for joining us in Oilers Now. All right. Thanks for having me on, Stoff. We'll see you tonight. You bet. That is Colby Cohn. He's the Chicago Blackhawks television analyst. In a list in Oilers history for New West Travel. Looking for a great Oilers road trip? Fly nonstop to Nashville with Flair Airlines to watch the Oilers and the Preds. It's in April, $1,750. We're going to go back uh, to list date 1993. Here's Brendan Escott. Shane Corson with two goals and an assist as the Oilers beat the Kings 6-3 at the Great Western Forum. Rob Blake got ejected for a high stick in the second period before Marty McSorley was shown the gate with two seconds left for spearing. Gretzky had uh, two assists against his old team. Oilers in February against LA. It was always a bloodletting. Favorite game of all time, February 28th, 1990. One of those penalized games in NHL history. Brought the Oilers together. They smoked the Kings in the 90, 91, and 92 playoffs. This day in Oilers history for New West Travel. Looking for a great Oilers road trip. Flying on, stop to Nashville and Flair Airlines. To see the Oilers play the Preds for just $1,750. We got the Oilers and the Blackhawks live from Rogers Place tonight. Face-off show, 4.30. Puck drop is at 6 p.m. A reminder, uh, Amarjeet Sohi, the mayor for the city of Edmonton today, uh, about 3.37, I believe, on with Jalen Nye. Uh, tomorrow, Kevin Weeks for Canadian Power Pack and Louis DeBras for GCL Diesel will be amongst our guests. Up next, the Global News Weather Traffic Update with Kevin Robertson, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3. And then again, the 6.30 Jet Afternoons today from 3 to 4.30. I'll rejoin you at 4.35. So long, everybody. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.